Thanks for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. And we have another special episode for all of the fathers listening and definitely the moms if they're interested. Today's episode is called Fatherhood Baptism by Fire because that is essentially what parenthood is. Yes. Um, and then I like the little subtitle, Wives and Whiskey, because in one of them, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fred and BJ, my husband, get to talk about their wives, which is Crystal and myself, mm-hmm. while drinking whiskey. BJ literally was making an old-fashioned before coming in yeah. and recording. So. You know, it's funny, Kara, because as, as I was listening to it and going back and doing the editing, you can hear the ice like That's rattling hilarious. it in, in BJ's <laughs> glass as like, so every time he takes a drink and, and yeah. moves, you can hear the ice. And so, oh, you know, and he is so proud of that ice because he uh, got a little like ball ice maker because right. that's what goes in an old fashioned. So he's got a big like ball of ice. In nice. There. <laughs> he does make a pretty good old fashioned. I'm not going to yeah. lie. So, yeah. But, but it was really cool just BJ and I to sit. They've heard about BJ a lot on the episode, yeah, on yeah. Draw Near. So, it was nice just to sit around, sip whiskey together. It was by Zoom because I've got some germs going on, which is why I've drank some hot toddies here. But it was nice just to... Which is to more whiskey. <laughs> yes, which is more whiskey. Uh, just to talk. And, and really, yeah. really the whole episode is just us looking for bonus points by bragging about our wives is really all it is. But yeah, yeah. you know. Which, and I'm not in that one. And that's why. Because, you know, I didn't want him to feel like pressure to compliment me. So that right. way it seems genuine. But really, I'm in the background like, oh, come on, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't remember where it was. But even at one point, he says, you know, if Kara happens to hear this and I'm just thinking, oh, she'll hear it. Yeah, <laughs> I've got you covered. She'll hear oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. So yeah. your guys' conversation in this segment that's coming up is about fatherhood and marriage, right? Yeah, it's, it is kind of a combination of both. I think we kind of focus more on fatherhood, but yeah. um, but certainly, yeah, that plays a part in there as in well. In the compliments, for Correct. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can't have a healthy marriage without complimenting your wife, fellas. You, you just you <laughs> yeah. can't do that. So. And then our second guest is Taylor Schroll, who we both got to interview in that segment, and he's a good friend of ours. And, and that episode is about fatherhood. I'm helping interview, but I am not a father. So I'm really just there to like poke fun at both of you. So the, what, the usual. Yes, really, <laughs> the yeah. usual. Yeah. And you do a fantastic job of that, but <laughs> you don't choose which one of us you think is the better father. I realize no, that. Wh- like, that would maybe be I like give that spoiler. no. Why would I do that? That would be like death to myself to be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you're better. <laughs> yeah, we thought it was such a good idea. We're gonna have Kara vote at the end no. of this episode. But uh, too bad. Yeah. Uh, too bad we Anyways. don't have a video podcast yet because um, then we could add that compliment I gave Taylor at the beginning. I let him know that I let him um, know he was looking especially bald in the video, but yeah. you, you guys won't be able to see it. So yeah, it's it's hilarious, Taylor. I'm sorry because in the in the recording, like you give Kara a compliment. And her immediate response is, you're looking especially bald I had to today. give him a compliment <laughs> back. What can I say? It was funny. I, yeah, I feel like we should post that on like bloopers, like bonus content yeah. or something. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. But anyways, it's a, it's a great conversation about fatherhood, a really frank, honest discussion about fatherhood. And um, yeah, we're, we're blessed to have Taylor Schroll from Forte Catholic Podcast joining us yeah. once again. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope you enjoy these two segments about fatherhood. All right. On this segment of Draw Near, we have a guest you've heard. You've heard his name mentioned many times. You've heard him talked about uh, on our on our show many times. And I am thrilled that he's here with us. BJ Cardell. That last name should sound familiar. Welcome, BJ. Howdy. How's it going? Doing great. We're sipping on our whiskey as we're talking some dad stuff. So that's exciting. Feels amazing on my sore throat, as listeners can probably tell. Who is BJ Cardell? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, boy. Um, I'm Kara's lesser half, as you all know. I'm Kara's husband. Uh, that's that's really all you need to know. I, this kind of speaks for itself. If you know Kara, then I must be pretty awesome. No, yeah, that works. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I'm I'm still impressed that my wife married me. So I don't know if you feel the same way. Every I'm sure day. you do. <laughs> yeah. Every day. So, so we are diving into our discussion on fathering and being a dad. And uh, BJ, we're, I'm just thrilled to have you on. I think your experience, we don't have to dive into the, the, the where, the what, the how and uh, of the why of the work you do. But I think you 
have a unique vantage point into family life and what this dad thing is all about. So I'm just grateful to have you on the show with us this week. I appreciate the invite. This will be fun. So go back a little bit here. What was it like learning that you were going to be a dad? What was your initial response? I think, you know, when when I was courting Kara, um, I had gone through kind of a lot of changes uh, within my faith. And when I had met Kara the second time around, because the way I met her was she lived in my parents' basement when she was doing Totus Tuus. My mom was the mm-hmm. Uh, director of religious ed in Spencer and Kara lived in my parents' basement for the time that they were in Spencer. And at that time I really wasn't, uh, deep in my faith. And Mm -hmm. the second time that we kind of reconnected, um, I had really gone through a journey and I discerned being a priest and I wouldn't say it was a very long discernment, Mm -hmm. but you know, reading to save a thousand souls, I I came to a place where I knew I wanted to have children. Like to be Uh a dad was, I knew I, I wanted to be a dad. Um, and so those initial conversations with Kara during, you know, while we were dating and leading up to being engaged and married, um, they were very easy. And oh. I never knew to what to expect from that kind of conversation because it was all obviously brand new. And right. we're just very open to life. And I mean, we got married and we were, we were pregnant. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, I wouldn't, I'd go back if I could go back. I'd do it the same right. way every time. Becoming a dad very early on in our marriage, it was like we had something that we didn't even know we were missing. You know, when mm-hmm. we had Clara the first time, it was just there was so much joy and it was such a blessing and it was terrifying. I think right. people always talk about how having kids is so amazing. It's also mm-hmm. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they're honest, they'll admit it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. Becoming a dad was the most terrifying, the most interesting. And the most beautiful thing that I've ever been a part of or will Mm. ever be a part of until from our kids, if there's grandkids down the line. I mean, that's like the lineage of of being open to life is that your life creates more life and more life and more life. Um, But yeah, I think becoming a dad was it's like the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl tenfold. Um, Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Spoken like a true Chiefs fan. I can't really speak about the Chiefs today. We lost. uh, We lost to the Colts yesterday. Yeah. 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 Tough. Yeah. What what perception? Like it seems like you were, although you had the the terror and the excitement at the same time, which I think is a pretty normal response. It also seems like you were like really at peace with it right away. I know Kara has has told the story on the podcast before of honeymoon baby. It was literally nine months later, and so it seems like you came into marriage with that peace. Like I'm doing this to be a father. Like I want this. I want all of it. And yet a lot of times you get that advice of people telling you, you know, don't do all those things all at once. Wait, like, enjoy the, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So looking back on, did you get that? And how did you deal with those sorts of things? So there's, I mean, there's two options. We could have either played a board game or right. been open to life. Um, and uh-huh. I'm not, a, as you know, I'm not a big uh, board game player. Um, right. So we were, <laughs> we were open to life. I think not having the just married time. I don't I don't uh-huh. know what I missed if there was right. anything to miss. There's mm-hmm. just there's always been children minus 9 months and then, you know, however long we we dated. I don't know right. the alternative. I don't know what that's like. So Right. And for me, I I wouldn't do it a different way. Like Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Is uh is like a way to grow up very fast. I I felt mm-hmm. mature, but I I feel like Knowing that you're bringing life into the world, it you have this. I don't know. You grow up fast, and right. I was okay with that. And mm. you know, we want a lot of kids. Uh, we're way behind you, but right. that was you know the first step. And she was open to that. I was open to that. And I don't know. I I don't know anything different. So yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful. That is a testimony in itself. And if there is anybody listening that's kind of in that same place, you know, where they're being told one thing, but like their heart is saying another, or maybe that is their situation now. Like, I think you can, you can look to BJ to see it can be okay. It will be okay. You can do this. Like, this is a beautiful part of marriage. So don't let other people tell you what your marriage is supposed to be like in that sense. Yeah. So that's awesome. What, uh, like what perception of being a dad did you have going into becoming a father? And how did like your culture, your experience shape that? I have five other siblings. 
So I come from a big family, as does Kara. Kara has five other siblings. So it's we come from busy households um, in which, you know, we had very nuclear families, very intact. I have actually two half uh, half brothers and a half sister. So we come from mm-hmm. kind of blended um, blended backgrounds. And But my dad was always present, and I spent a lot of time with my dad. And I think... Just all the the small times that he spent with me as I got older, like I started to believe like I really want to do that with one of mm-hmm. if, if I have a child, that's that's the dad that I want to be, you know, there for the small things and really right. blow up the big things. And my yeah. dad was always really good at that. I don't think mm-hmm. he knew that he was good at it, though. It's just kind of who he was. Um, right. So going into becoming a father, I never really had like one of those deep. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a dad. What am I supposed to start doing? Everything that just kind of felt natural, like it kind of fell in place. And I think that came from the support that I got from Kara. And I think also from the background of what I do for work. I moved to Sioux City basically to follow Kara and uh, interviewed with Boys Town. And people say, oh, Boys Town in Omaha. Yes, Boys Town in Omaha. But we do have a a site here in Sioux City. It's Boys Town, Iowa, in which we provide families, in-home family services. Basically, we coordinate with the Department of Human Services for families who are referred for neglect, abuse, you know, a wide array of things. And we provide them in-home services to help keep the children safe. And in my early 20s, I was working with very at-risk youth and families. And I didn't have any children of my own. And I was trying to tell these parents what the best way to parent, what the best way to keep their children safe, Mm -hmm. best way to avoid crisis. And for about the first year, I caught the backlash of, you know, you're only you know 22 you don't have kids you know who who are you and and that i think helped me identify like okay what does a good parent look like what does a not so good parent look like and Mm. it doesn't take a lot to tell right from wrong but with parenting it's very it's very dense it's very thick there's a lot and so i think that helped as well and i don't know it just it kind of came natural like it wasn't one day i woke up and it was just like oh okay I, i know now it's definitely a day-to-day thing. It's interesting you reference your work, and I know Karen and I talk about this quite a bit. Is every day you're kind of you're kind of faced with the the good, the bad, and the ugly of family life, and yet you persevere persevere on. I think that takes a special grace, a special gift. But because part of your work is kind of setting the the ideal and and kind of casting the vision for what the ideal parent or ideal family structure should look like. How, is it hard to do that in your own home? And like, how do you how do you deal with that? Both in seeing the bad, but also in like living up to the standards you have for yourself. Sure, I think having a good home life makes my job easier because of you know seeing some of some really nasty stuff. You strive to help families maybe feel what what love looks like or feels like to yourself. Right. To everybody, it feels different. But then just wanting to come home and be better, knowing that some children don't receive love on a daily basis Mm. to then go home and and give your kids and your wife all the love in the world. And from family to family, love looks different. Right. In our family, love is, you know, praying together, being together, Mm. um, spending very intimate moments where it's just close and maybe not a lot of talking and maybe it's just kind of lounging around that. I mean, that's. Depending on what family you come from, that's that's as close yeah. as it gets. But some days are tougher than others. If you are happy, you want others to feel that way. And when right. you enter an environment where it doesn't seem like that, like right, you're, you're perceiving that it's not a safe environment for a child, you want to do everything mm-hmm. in your power to make sure that that child is safe, that those parents are educated, that those parents, you know, are are in a, a state to make positive choices regarding their children. And so you kind of yeah, you you're not doing it for you. Definitely right. doing it for the money, doing it for the kids. There's a beauty in what you're saying, too, and the fact that you're trying to be that and inspire that in the families you're working with. So you yourself need that as well, and you recognize that need. So it's like you can't give what you don't have. So out of that, the love and beauty and, and goodness you experience in your own home, you're able to pour out in others. I like, too, that you point out, like from my own experience, I grew up in a very broken home, and a lot of what I've taken out of that is kind of similar to what you're saying is how not to do things. And like that adversity actually inspires me to want to be a better father. So I see that as well in like what you see, what you deal with in work actually helps you to be a better father. So I think that's pretty cool. What what are some lessons you've learned 
along your, your journey of being a father, especially early on. And, and maybe even if you want to add to that, like what are some lessons you're continuing to learn? Oh boy. There's so many though, aren't they? Like those cliches that is. It's a tough question. Um, I think one of the things that Boys Town has the Boys Town model and it's this tried and true practice of, you know, the best way to parent kids using discipline strategies and using Mm -hmm. um, consequences, both positive and negative. And I think when we first had Clara, when she became of age where you could start to teach and influence those kind of things, I thought I had it all figured out. Like, (laughs) right. I had been teaching all these families, you know, I, so many hours practicing and and researching and and putting into practice and, and quickly just backfired Uh like i thought i had it all figured out (laughs) and it's it's literally a day to day like if not today then back at it tomorrow and that's both with being a dad and with being a husband is that Mm. Kara and i do not fight often right because Uh i she'll win um right (laughs) so why even um but you know when things are difficult it's god you know blesses us with another day you know why keep hammering it on it today we can get at it tomorrow and i think just when you think you have it all figured out, it's that's when God just sits back. You know, he sits back and right. chuckles. And, yeah. You know, he thinks he's hilarious and he gives you something, you know, something bigger to deal with. When you think you have the most on your plate, it's usually when right. he throws something else because he's like, you know, if you believe in me, you can make it through this. But I'm going right. to keep, I'm going to, you know, you're going to keep growing. And it seems to be that way in, you know, almost all aspects, especially being a dad. And it's, he loves the, the curveball of, every child being their own and having their own personality Mm. and like knowing you, like I know Clara's personality is very different from Gerard's and you know, you can see that. And when we had Taylor on, we used the analogy of this, this kid is playing basketball. This kid's playing football. That kid's playing hockey, but they're all playing the same game together. But all those rules are happening at once, and somehow I'm the referee of all this mess. You know, (laughs) that's what it feels like sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. that requires a, a lot of humility, I feel like, as well, like recognizing, wow, I don't have it all figured out. And that's not always easy for us men. I think the quicker you can self-recognize that and be okay right. with that, yeah. the, the quicker, you know, your triumphs are going to be. Yeah. You know, if, if you take someone who walks into every situation and says, I got it, and then they don't, well, then there's something wrong with somebody else, right? But if you walk into yeah. a situation saying, you know, I'm going to give this my best go, and if it doesn't go well, I'm going to, you know... Plan, do, check, act. We use that at work all the time. Make a plan, hmm. do it, check if it's working. If not, make an action, change it, whatever right. that is. And that's kind yeah. of the approach to parenting, let alone, you know, fatherhood. Everything is kind of baptized by fire, you know, process of elimination nice. a little bit, <laughs> you know. I was looking for a title for this episode and you just gave it to me, baptized by fire. <laughs> Baptism by fire. Becoming a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. That's good. As we take a sip of our whiskey here yeah it's pretty good what if you could if you could hop in your way back machine and give new dad you advice from your perspective now what would it be hmm you know on this third uh, we've had our third um i feel like you know i've been much more with the other two while kara you know now that we're outnumbered we're in zone defense i feel like i've spent a lot more time with the other two while Mm -hmm. kara tends to baby aggie and i think with clara I was kind of scared, I think, that I wasn't doing the right thing. And not that you shouldn't be scared. That's a good fear to have. It helps you keep babies safe and and those kind of things. And it always makes you want to do the right thing. But I think a lot of times I was so scared to, I don't know. I was just scared of a new baby. It was, you know, frail baby. And he's like, so I'd always want her to be with Kara. Because I knew, you know, she was in there for nine months. She's safe with Kara. You know, Kara knows everything because she's now a mom. um, Let Mm -hmm. alone, she was in the exact same spot I was. And so I think as a new dad, take every opportunity to just completely dive into your newborn. Because those are times that, you know, unless you have another kid, those newborn babies don't stay a newborn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They hit a month, they hit two months, and then they're, I mean, they're just off and rolling. Yeah, it's wild how quickly that happens too. Like seeing Francis next to Aggie, who yeah, they're only six crazy. months apart, but it's uh, insane how and you don't know you don't notice those changes day to day. We just know? dropped off the kids. Uh, Clara and Gerard went with my in laws over this weekend, and you know 
Gerard came back and was saying new words and stuff that oh, wow. I haven't heard him say. Yeah. And it was like uh. full conversation. He's been doing that a little bit here and there. And it's just mm-hmm. like they were gone for three days. Right. And he comes back and it's like, who's this guy? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's time goes by fast. Yeah. I think that's some great advice because I think a lot of dads, especially the first, if you have more than one or maybe even more than two, you do kind of feel a little disconnected early on and and it can be very easy to not engage. Mm-hmm. And looking at my own experience, yeah, I had school things going on and whatnot and work but I think also it was a little bit of being afraid like Crystal's mom she knows better you know and so it took me a while to feel that same love and connectedness that she already had just by virtue of being a mom Mm -hmm. you know so I think that's great advice like dive in as early as possible get those sleepy cuddles that make you fall asleep with baby oh yeah the best you know yeah don't don't wait yeah don't wait I feel like I've I've been very fortunate with my job with Clara I took three weeks of paternity Gerard I took a full month and then with baby Mm. Aggie it'll actually be about six weeks that I've taken I go back to work next Monday just very fortunate to have a job where I'm able to do that and you know I just I think you brought up a good point of you know sometimes especially when you know mom is breastfeeding there's not a lot for guys to be doing to to provide for a brand new baby when they are literally attached at the hip to mom for you know those Mm -hmm. very important you know first few months like just very important bond that they're building but to just be supportive of that you're not out of the loop bodies are made different bodies are made for specific purposes you know mom's is completely fulfilling the the physical needs of that child and and helping that child grow but to be present emotionally i think yeah you know when you share in the suffering that a mom gives for a child like Mm -hmm. childbirth like breastfeeding like up every three hours one i think kara would get very mad if i didn't wake up at 3 a.m when you know she's getting aggie changed and awake Mm -hmm. to feed and stuff like that because that's just not fair you know right um i think sometimes she does let me sleep through it though and i appreciate that so Mm -hmm. hopefully she hears this um (laughs) but i think just sharing in the suffering and and the um, sacrifice is so emotionally important between right. you know husband and wife when when having a new baby because it's, you're sharing in the struggle and the becoming of a parent like that's right it gets better it does um yeah but i think that has really been like a, a positive thing of our relationship is sharing in in the suffering right nice so i'm curious especially in your line of work unsolicited parenting advice with other dads, we've had the discussion about whether dads offer unsolicited parenting advice. Kara tells me, and Crystal tells me, that moms do it all the time. But uh, a, f- a couple of us others were, were are convinced that dads really don't offer much in the way of unsolicited parenting advice. What, what are your thoughts on that? Unsolicited to whom? Um, you didn't ask for it, but I'm going to tell you how to be a better father. Sure. Whether you want to hear it or gotcha. not. Gotcha. So just between dads in general. Yeah. Yep. You know, the only the only way I'm going to give someone advice is if they're asking for it. And I think that's just kind of a kind of be a guy thing. It's kind of that ego. Right. If I'm stuck on the side of the road, unless I'm flagging you down, do not stop for me. And it'll be with a road flare. Okay. But yeah, I think that yeah. that might just be a masculine masculinity thing where it's unless I'm asking, let me struggle. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's good. That's, that makes sense. Um, move Changing gears completely with this next question, but. I'm curious, you've you've referenced it quite a few times, but what role has your faith played in your relationship with your kids? And in, in being a father, how has your faith itself, you, you kind of started with this, but how has that shaped being a dad for you? Before I'd met Kara, I had been very reliant on others to carry me in my faith. You know, sometimes that hurts to admit that I was ever in a state where it wasn't me leading, it was me being led. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes I still feel like that. I think Kara's just so she's just so full of grace and and so full of the lord and and love for the lord that sometimes it's it's hard to like beat her you know to the punch like yeah she's just i feel like that when she's on the show with me i feel the same way like she's much more holy she's way smarter and she's much holier than i am so i yeah as much as i can just as a friend i understand yeah Yeah. so sometimes you know before you know karen i'd really gotten together and then pursued you know getting married I felt like I had always 
been led. And so, you know, in previous relationships and even, you know, friendships that I'd built from coming back to my Catholic faith. And so I feel like I felt so comfortable because I I really made a transformation or really just let the Lord do his work in me being able to lead me and then feel comfortable in being, you know, the the leader of the household. If you're not comfortable in that, it might be a little rocky because you have a whole household that is depending on you as as the faith leader of the home. There's a lot on your shoulders. But what I've learned is that never be afraid to ask for help, uh, especially when you have, you know, a, a lady by your side who is very committed to you and and understands that things can be difficult. And Kara has just been, she's awesome, man. I, I knew this podcast was just going to be about our wives, but um yeah. wives and whiskey there you go yes wives and whiskey even not better bad. there we go not bad. <laughs> um so i think i kind of forgot your immediate question but yeah oh, back well wives and whiskey what else that's I, perfect yeah, that, that's good. just we uh, originally it was um how does your your faith shape your family life and yeah. living the de- call it to be the domestic church so yeah yep again speaking of wives kara has all these like really cool ideas of like how to incorporate faith into our family home life like i'm just not creative like that and so mm-hmm. from you know day zero of, of a newborn all three of them uh there's just little things that we do as a family whether it's you know uh praying before a meal and and now we uh chant the father son holy spirit and the kids oh, absolutely awesome. love that it's hilarious and you know singing salve regina every night before bed aggie i'm sure we'll soon it learn it very soon there's just all these small things that lead up to very big things like, you know, doing all those things in the home. And then, you know, Kara's taking the kids to daycare and mm-hmm. Clara will talk about how she wants to pray on the, on the way to daycare. Anytime we pass a church, you know, it's a sign of the cross mm-hmm. and hi Jesus. And so I think just taking things from the church, implementing them in your house makes your home so much more holy. And, and it, because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't just go to church for Sunday. Right. Right. It's got to come home with you throughout the week, because if we're just going to church 52 times a week or 52 times a year, um, plus minus a couple, you know, holy days of obligation. Right. Is that really, you know, devoting? Right. (laughs) You know, it's got to last throughout the week. So just finding those times with your family to do those, you know, holy interactions is Mm -hmm. you just almost that's when I feel the closest when we're able to pray and the kids are just silent and it's like. You can see their brains working. I'm like, what are we doing right now? Oh, yeah, we're, we're praying. Like, that's right. so awesome yeah. to watch. Any closing thoughts for those who might be listening? Maybe there's a guy listening that he's, he's nervous about being a father, or maybe there's somebody that he feels pretty ordinary in his faith or feels overwhelmed, like you, like you mentioned, feeling overwhelmed by the task of being the high priest of the home. Or, I don't know, just any other closing thoughts, words of wisdom that you'd have to share with anybody listening. God does not mess up. He doesn't. So if if you if you go for it, just know that, you know, any any prayer that you have is not going to be misled. And at the same time, like kids are resilient. Like it's, right. you know, to have a kid, it's it's a big undertaking as, you know, as a parent. Like you have a lot of responsibility. But just imagine mm-hmm. that that you get to decide, you know, what it is that your child grows up learning or grows up practicing, especially through the Catholic faith, like to instill what you know and what you believe through the Catholic church in someone else and a tiny little human is like one of the coolest things. You're a teacher 24 seven. Right. So to take what you know, what you believe, what you love and to pass it on to your children. I mean, there's no greater responsibility and it's just the coolest. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the heart of the scripture. Many of us have heard a million times. A lot of times it's used as a reason to send your kids to, uh, you know, Christian schools or Catholic schools, but it's train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. And what that's getting at is exactly what you're talking about is like the true meaning in the original Hebrew. Find out those areas they're gifted, find out those qualities they have, form those in those, form them in those things, lead them, guide them point them to Christ. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Thank you, BJ, for joining us. Thanks for having me, Fred. Once again, we are joined by Taylor Schroll from Forte Catholic. Notice I didn't say the Taylor Schroll this time, Taylor, because there's another, as we learned last time you were here. I've taken care of that problem in the last (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like you murdered him, or <laughs> I, I will not say. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. All right. uh, we have someone joining us today, Taylor. I trying to remember her name. It's been a while since she's been with us. Uh, Kara, right? Have you met Kara, Taylor? I have. Best best father I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah awesome. talk about fatherhood. <laughs> I'm here to. I'm not here to share about fatherhood. I'm here to learn about fatherhood from Kara. From I have Kara. a lot. I have a lot of wisdom. Nice. So. Yes, a lot of good feedback. So yeah. yes. Well, we're this week, as Taylor said, we're going to dive into continuing the discussion we started with marriage. We're going to look at fatherhood. What does it mean to be a dad? And Taylor, drawing from Taylor's experience and maybe a little bit of my own, Kara as well. My experience <laughs> as a father. Yes. Yeah. And so we'll just go from there. So Taylor, I, I'm curious. And I'm especially curious with your answer, like, what was your initial reaction to finding out you were going to be a dad in those first moments? What what was your initial response? Yeah, um, I will answer your question. But at some point, we will rank us as fathers. And I think Carol will be solidly in second. And we just have to decide which one of us. Right. One <laughs> which one of us? Okay, I like that idea. I like that idea. I, I, um... Or... <laughs> or just for the sake of boosting one of our egos, we'll let Kara vote. I will on not. Which, I will not. Which one of us is the better? <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna opt out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, it's funny that you asked that. I. I. I don't remember. I don't remember the moment with my first because it was so it was so oh, long ago, right? right. Um, I I still keep my wife telling me that she was pregnant with our third in our in my wallet because she sent it like with my lunch to work. It was this very nice thing. Oh. Um, oh. I don't remember. The first two, probably because babies make you forget everything, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I, I, the only thing that I remember, it was like, it was just so early. Like, we got pregnant so fast that, like, we got accused of sleeping together before the wedding. We did not. It was just very quickly after. So it's just like we got married and like nine and a half months later, we had a baby. You know, yeah. so it was just like... ours was ours was like we got married on April 1st and Clara was born January 4th. So nice. nine months a April 1st wedding. If anything ever wedding. goes wrong, that's automatic um, terms for annulment. You're fine. So. We'll say, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's awful. This is the thing about marriage and fatherhood. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like, oh, yeah, I thought this was a joke from the beginning. Taylor, I want to give you a chance to brag on your wife because Kara said, oh, and I feel like that was an invitation to tell the story of how your wife told you. Yeah. about your third child yeah so uh let me let's see I, I don't have my wallet on me it's in the other room but uh, essentially she sent it she um you know i i used we were pretty we used to be this pretty stereotypical couple this was you know five years ago now we're not but it was that like you know pretty stereotypical i was going to work she made my lunch and she packed my my lunch in right so she knew that she had the information for you know a couple of days or whatever and she knew that i physically had the information for hours but i wasn't going to see it until lunch and so mm -hmm. I, I remember specifically eating lunch very late that day because I was at work and I was busy. So she's just here waiting for me to call her. You know, and it's like two <laughs> o'clock and I haven't said anything yet. But it, 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 was a, it was a nice letter that she said. She was like, um, essentially, the, the biggest thing that I remember is like the, the, new, the new Xbox was coming out or whatever. I'm a big gamer. And she was like, uh, by the time the Xbox Five comes out, we'll have five people in our family that can play because that was going to be our fifth person in our family. And so mm -hmm. she tied in like gaming with it, and she, you know, let me know. But it was really funny that like she was like, "Why didn't you call me earlier?" I was like, "I was busy. I didn't eat my lunch. You know, I didn't <laughs> see the note." <laughs> nice. That's awesome. But you don't I... remember how you felt that first time. Yeah, probably because you were in grad school. I bet like grad school takes a lot out of you. What do you think? It was that whole year. I remember you a little bit, and that's about it. You know, like, I, I, like we got we got married, we got pregnant, we moved across the country, we graduated undergrad, started grad school, got my first forty-hour-a-week job, and was doing all of that at the same time. So, like, I have very little memories of that. Like, I have a lot of memories of like early memories of like when Chris, our oldest, was born. But, like, uh, honestly, like, I don't remember, like, that whole, like, <laughs> 12 months, you know? I have, like, eight memories from my year in Ohio. That's how memorable <laughs> nice. Ohio is. <laughs> they all involve snow, right? Probably, yeah. Snow, Fred. Yeah. You know? They yeah. all involve Fred. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, our, uh, our son's baptism where we prayed to a saint that doesn't exist. That was fun. It was good times up in Ohio. Good times, yes. Yeah, I remember that. We had our kids about the same time as I recall. So nice. You were going to say something, Karen. I cut you off. 
I feel like uh, the way that we found out with our first was because our dog kept following me around everywhere. Like, like, like right, right beside me, he would follow me around. I'm like, what do you want? And they could, I mean, dogs like sense that stuff. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm pregnant. That's, that's, that's a very odd way to find out. That's but, but for real, like we have, we have two dogs now, but we only had one at that time. And now with every kid, like as I get closer to delivering, they both follow me around. Like, I know moms and I'm sure. So the plan is that we're going to have a mom uh, series like this one as well. So spoilers for the listeners there, but I'm sure moms like you, you can relate to kids following you around everywhere. Like you don't get a second in the bathroom by yourself. My dogs would follow me into the bathroom or I'd close the door and I'd open it and they would be like sprawled across the doorway. I had to like step (laughs) over them. I'm like, am I dying? Is that like, can you sense something? But it was, pregnant and about to deliver and they knew yeah so one our, of her dogs our... pushed her down the steps taylor that's yeah they yeah. were following me so close <laughs> that i tripped over one and fractured my ankle with my second because so yeah. they're not uh, so they're not helpful they're just hungry yeah they're <laughs> demonic <laughs> dogs <laughs> they might be hungry they might be hungry <laughs> but they're definitely not helpful in any way yeah i was yeah. thinking that uh you know I was th- I was wondering, like from the beginning, it's like, are they helpful or are they like feel threatened by this new presence within the right. home? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then also, it's like we we you know we talked about how Kara was going to bring a lot to the show and first parenting tip: who needs to buy a pregnancy? Get a dog. Test? Just, just, <laughs> go just to the dog get a park, dog. Yeah, know? there we go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more expensive, but it it's effective. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what would you call that? Like clear blue, easy clear blue sparky fido i don't know what yeah, that would know. be but <laughs> yeah. nice dad joke right there good job yeah <laughs> absolutely that was 100 percent a dad joke so taylor like what perception of like what did being a dad mean to you what did you think about what was your perception going into being a, a dad fatherhood like what everything? should you what should you expect yeah like everything you brought with you from your experience growing up the culture things around you like how did that affect being a dad for you early on yeah i think a lot of it is all of us we either want to like replicate what we got that was good and then like either correct or over the correct the things that were lacking in us right so i think it was pretty even it's like there was a lot of great things that like my dad instilled in me and it's like those are the things that i wanted to instill in my kids there are also some things where like you know maybe there were some things that were lacking that i wanted to make sure that i that I did for my kids, right? So that I find myself doing things to my kids way more than other parents because I didn't receive it as a kid, right? So it's like anytime we're going into anything, whether it's you know marriage or fatherhood or uh, I mean even professionally or the spiritual life, you know, it's like if you grew up in a parish that you know, like for me growing up in the parish, it was like I saw a lot of I lacked a lot of like enjoyment and joy and happiness in that parish. So it's mm-hmm. like that's kind of like I'm trying to like overcorrect that, right? But there's also mm-hmm. some good things that I experienced in the parish. So I'm trying to like add those to my spiritual life. It was pretty similar for fatherhood for me. Of there's a lot of really good things I experienced, but then maybe the things that hurt me, I wanted to make sure that I didn't do those things and you know come up with my own ways to ruin my kids, not do the same ones. Yeah, them, yeah. You know? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I th- that's similar for me. Like, as I think about it, I think a lot of the positive experiences I had growing up with my dad, those are the same things I enjoy doing the most with my kids now, you know, creative things. My dad was an artist, so I enjoy doing creative things with my kids. I often forget that I know how to draw until I actually sit how to sit down and do it with them, you know, playing games with my dad. That's something I enjoy doing with my kids. But at the same time, there are a lot of those things that I saw that, you know, uh, maybe that's maybe the lesson here is how not to do things. I want to call Kara's dad out because he is the most amazing dad. Yeah, call him out. Get him. Well, he's a listener and a supporter. (laughs) And Kara has said so many great things. So I want to give Kara an opportunity now. Any like anything from your experience of your dad that connects here? Yeah. Well, I actually told Fred, I'm like, Fred, you should ask my dad to do this because he's coming from a different perspective where like he has older kids. So maybe he's Mm. learned what are some things I did wrong? What are things that like I can see that that impacted my kids? So I'm still going to throw that out, Fred. I think you should still ask him. Well, let's consider this the invitation because we know he's listening. Okay. All right. You should do this. Yes. There we go. Um, oh, but, I, I yeah. thought I was being replaced like mid show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye, Taylor. Been canceled, um, Taylor. You're canceled. 
Yeah, I think my dad has a lot to say about fatherhood. And honestly, I think it's not necessarily something that he always tried to do intentionally, the things that he did and things that I look up to. I think it's just who he is as a person. Um, Just very kind, very loving, very humble. And that really just always came out uh, as a father. And I think one of the things I take from him and want to make sure like that's how I raise my kids as a mom um, is really just like his humility because there are so many times where I mess up and I'm like oh please don't let that like impact their day or like make them sad or whatever and I remember all the time my dad would like if we would be in trouble um he would you know raise his voice and discipline us and then like three minutes later he'd come up to our room and be like I'm sorry I raised my boys and like he'd talk about it to us and I always thought that was really loving uh mm-hmm. it just it was a really good example of a, a very loving father um so that's kind of something that I want to do because there are definitely those moments where I raise my voice to my kids. I'm like, man, not a proud mom moment, you know? So yeah. Dad guilt apologize every time I raise my voice. I'd spend my entire day apologizing. (laughs) But you're a loud person. Yeah. yeah. I I feel like like with Taylor, it's like, is he yelling or is that his talking? (laughs) Is that his inside voice? (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. What were some like things you learned, some lessons, if you will, like going into fatherhood, whether it was in the early, like changing those infant diapers or whatever, or as they got older, what were some lessons you learned? Cause I know with me, there was a lot of things that my expectations were unrealistic for their age that comes to mind, for example, but what were some lessons you learned pretty early on? Yeah. There's a little confession time. I, I think I um, very quickly learned that I judged parents while not being a parent, right? Um, too harshly. It, yeah, very, too, too harshly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where like, um, like all of the, the laundry list of changes in my life that happened whenever, I mean, my, Chris was born within that year, that year of crazy change. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, you know, working, I, I would wake up and go to grad school at eight o'clock in the morning, start all my classes, go home, eat lunch, go to work. I was a waiter at, at, at Applebee's and I would work from like mid afternoon until about two in the morning and I'd get home, do my homework and then go to sleep at around three or four and then wake up seven o'clock to go to like I did that every day five days Mm -hmm. a week um and you stayed awake in class I just want to point that out yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) uh it was like it was grueling right so that's that's my first couple of months of parenting April May he was born in April April May June July we moved so my first four months of parenting I I, so I'm brand new to it um he's not sleeping through the night it's incredible. So I get incredibly frustrated. So like as a non-parent, I never understood how could a parent shake their baby? Like that shaken baby syndrome that you always hear. about. I'm like, Mm -hmm. where does that come from? And Mm -hmm. I found myself multiple times because I'm on three hours sleep and frustrated. My life didn't go and, you know, uh, I'm I'm frustrated with class and with work and I'm primarily just exhausted. And there's Mm -hmm. multiple times at three or four o'clock in the morning, I would finally get to sleep and then he'd start crying. And mm-hmm. then he would be inconsolable for an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he just yelled. The, fun, the irony of him yelling <laughs> right when I said that. That's um, funny. But it's like, I could see in that moment, it was like, I'm either going to shake him out of frustration or I'm going to put him down in this bed and I'm going to walk away. Right. So it was just like. Please tell me you put him down. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> okay, okay. Part. I was like, wait. <laughs> might have been a, one little shake and then <laughs> no, I put him no. down. Yeah. But it was just like, it was just, I couldn't imagine how anybody could get there. And I'm yeah. relatively a good person right but like the scenario of life and a new baby and a new situation it's just like it, it gave me a lot more understanding for for like my parents right for a- any parents like parenting is hard especially in, you know when you're first kid don't know what you're doing didn't really know what you were getting into you know it opened my eyes very quickly to like the empathy but also like realizing that like i wasn't as patient as i thought i was i was pa- I'm very patient right. with adults i was not patient with with mm-hmm. little kids i i yeah. like it just started showing the la like where i was lacking more mm-hmm. than any like relationship i had ever had in my life really you yeah. know right and those newborn cries they really just they really get you like they pierce they, <laughs> they, pierce. Pierce. they, yeah. they hurt you know yeah. and of course they're supposed to but it's similar similar for for me when hannah was born uh, it was during final exams and she ended up having colic so it was like 2 30 in the morning we're driving around south tulsa you know trying to get her to sleep because that driving in the car is the only thing that would work and then we'd get back into the apartment put her down in the car seat and a lot of times 
just kind of collapse on the living room floor at like four in the morning, get like an hour or two of sleep and then go back to school and, and work and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's why it, you were asleep in class all the time. Yeah, that's why I was asleep in class. Yeah. I could not do the three hour classes, that's for sure. But uh thanks for calling me out for everyone to hear. <laughs> I got yelled at in class for yawning. That was apparently um offensive. A oh. certain sister con consistently called me out for yawning. And I'm oh, like, really? I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. What she was like, do you think this is boring? I said, honestly, I don't know. I'm on two hours of sleep and I can't yeah. think. You know? Yeah. I, nice. Yeah, I don't recall that ever happening to me once. She did make me sit on the floor by her desk once, though. So That was but, this summer, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yes. but I'm not I was, even kidding. <laughs> yeah, but I was totally in on the gag, gag and I loved every minute of it. So it's yeah. it's it's all good. You're so, a large, large, large child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, what What are some things now that your kids are grown and uh, different ages? I think my middle girl is the same age as your oldest because they're born around the same time. What are some current That is lessons? how age works. Yeah. yeah, that is how age, age works. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. I'll fix that in editing. Um, as you're transitioning, because I know your wife is back to work and you're kind of trans, you're somewhat stay at home dad, but not really because you're working from home. You know, so what are some things like you're as you're working through that transition? What's what's that like? What's fatherhood like for you now? Or some things you're learning? Yeah. So uh to funny put them in the anecdote. back room, right? Right, Taylor? Just oh, shove yeah. them in the back yeah. room. Yeah. Shut up I'm <laughs> podcasting. That's the, yeah. That's the, <laughs> yeah. Um he's in the back. I'm probably yelling at Fortnite is probably what he's doing. <laughs> um that's but funny. uh the funny thing that I've been wrestling with this week is uh saturday was my son's first um organized sport ever um he's you know starting kind of late like the age that he was supposed to start was when the world fell apart so you know it took a little yeah. while right. to get yeah. into it um so he started playing flag <laughs> football uh for you know he's representing his local catholic church you know it's like a church league thing or whatever and uh he's he went to one practice and had one scrimmage and just thinks he's the shiz, you know, like he's the best player that's ever played. <laughs> he, like I, I watched him, like he's like stopped listening to his coach. Like he made a few good plays, right? You know, he's like, right. stop listening to the coach. He's like, he knows what he's doing. He's the best <laughs> flag football player ever. He's, uh, you know, he doesn't need any you know, practice or coaching. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And I'm like, you've been playing this game for 14 minutes. Like, that's hilarious. So it was like the balance of like, the the balance of like yes you are good and you are talented and you are you know we're proud of you but at the same time you need to get better you need to be humble you need to listen to your coaches right, right. and it's like this balance of like trying to make him feel uplifted and positive and uh you know I, I approve of your good plays and i but at the same time it's like you don't, you don't know what you're doing. Like you need to, right, yeah, you need to yeah. listen to me you need to listen to your coaches. You need to listen to, um, and like want to work hard and get better. So it's like balancing those things because either one of those, um, are like a pendulum swing that parents can get wrong. Right. And a lot of, right. people, especially when it comes to sports, a lot of people's parents, you're like, Oh, my kids, I only love my kid yeah. and show him love when he plays well. Or, mm. um, but it's like, I want to instill both of those things in him. It's like, yes, right. good, good, healthy confidence. But at the same time, you still need to get better and grow because this is day three of organized. Sports <laughs> right. you, you yeah. Know, so. yeah. And funny. then will come the lessons of like how to lose well, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Cause as you were describing like what he was experiencing and how in that first 14 minutes, I, it sounds like an, an analogy for fatherhood in a way too. Cause I, I've known guys that go into fatherhood, like thinking they have it all figured out already. And I, and, and maybe, and sometimes I've been like that. I remember like being too hard on my kids after a mass one time. And then this mom of eight, I think I mentioned this in a different episode, but this mom of eight, just looking at me, like I was a complete idiot, the way I was talking to my kids and she was right. She was right. They're not teenagers, right. who, you know, they're not super traditionalists that can sit through mass and be super reverent like i need to be more understanding of my fred i can't two-year-old you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm with you i'm with you but but I, it, like your sons and that example you use like i saw myself as a father in that like not listening yeah. to the coach not listening you know i've got this you know well and once you get yeah. it down like once you feel like you get it down you're like 
I mean, I'm in multiple stages with kids, but like this newborn phase, it's like, I'm nowhere close to having it down. Maybe in a few months I'll be like, oh, she's on a good schedule. She naps, she eats well. And then like two years later, I'm like, oh, let's start over. It's like, I've been doing this a whole 14 minutes and then they, they shift on you and you have to like relearn and each kid's different. So you have to address each one in different ways. And yeah, it's definitely, definitely a learning curve as you go. And I can't even imagine the teenage years you're in, Fred. So yeah, it's almost like this kid's playing football, that kid's playing baseball, this kid's playing hockey, all in the same house. And you have to like navigate all those rules. You have to know all the sports. You have to each other. Yeah. They can't decide what rules to play. Yeah. 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 And you you have to somehow coach the team with all those different rules and all those different sports. That's what it feels like sometimes. On that note, Taylor, what is the best unsolicited parenting advice you've ever gotten? That's a hard question. If it's unsolicited, can there be a best? I feel like you never want those. You're like, okay, thank thank you. Yeah, it was really funny. I was like, oh, I prepared for worst. I I think think the best was one of my aunts. She was uh, just kind of the idea of that it's you're it's never going to be perfect you're never going to be perfect at it you're going to make like you're going to make mistakes as a parent mm-hmm. they're going to make mistakes as kids all you can do is is your best you know um pray for them care for them love them teach them doing your best but it's gonna screw up is is one of yeah. the things that my aunt has told me a couple of times you know kind of probably t- uh, towards the beginning you know the, the lost year in ohio uh, probably right. sometime around <laughs> there and then just kind of periodically as you know as like Kara, like you were saying like at different stages you know it's like she reminds you that you're gonna mess up at oh, different yeah. stages oh, that's nice that of her. Had, <laughs> and, yeah that's you know, so nice will, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a pattern <laughs> yeah you need like, I people get it. I get it. yeah <laughs> you need people in your life that are there to remind you that you are gonna mess up, that you're gonna mess up uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i thought you were quoting um what was it scarface you need people like me you need people <laughs> like me so you could point at him and say that's the bad guy. <laughs> that's what I thought you were saying is that I'm the bad guy as the yeah. father. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's the best unsolicited advice. Compare yourself to others so you feel better about yourself. Right. That's, yes. yeah. that's what I just got out of that, Taylor. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, at least I'm not that guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was right. Scarface, Tony Montana. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. So, yeah. So, you're going to mess up. Just love them. Right. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like moms probably maybe a little bit more than dads, but you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. We get a lot of input um, on a lot of different things. And I think that's probably the best too, is just, you know what? Uh, at the end of the day, they're going to remember how much you loved them and like right. how much, you know, they felt that mm-hmm. throughout their childhood. So just do your best to love them. Absolutely. I think you're right. And, but I also think you're right. And the other point it, and Philip Grothis, when he was on, he, he, talked about this very point that dads typically don't give unsolicited advice ever yeah mm-hmm. they, they really don't uh they're yeah, just it was not a girl for taylor it was your aunt you said right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why dads are better than moms obviously <laughs> 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 oh, okay all right remember kara's gonna rank which one of us is a better father <laughs> yeah at you the need end to be sucking up <laughs> <laughs> so i will ask the question you were anticipating because i don't know a lot of times this brings out some funny stories what is the best un- or worst unsolicited advice as a father that you've ever gotten? I've gotten a lot. And it okay. is, all right. it is, it is all under the same theme of this is how you have to do it. Uh, um, okay. So, for example, the example that I thought of was people and Catholic influencers and Catholic speakers and podcasters and every Catholic parenting thing out there ever says – uh, don't let your kids have screens. It will ruin them and they'll be whole, uh, unholy and bad kids and they'll uh, be disrespectful and they'll be... Uh, our kids watch screens all the time and my kids are super sweet and they're involved in their faith and they make straight A's. My son, who spends the most time out of all three of my kids on devices, on you know, on Xbox and a, you know, a phone that doesn't... It's not a phone. It's like an iPod, essentially, right? He got best eagle. Like He had the highest grade in his class, right? So it's just like anything that tries to say this is the one single way to do it, frankly, right. just pisses me off because it's not true, right? It's like you have to find the things that work for your family. So now I don't want to make the same mistake 
and make people who limit parents who limit screen time feel bad, right? Because it's like if that's what works for you and that's what works for your kids, great. But it's it's the any of the unsolicited advice that is this is this is something you have to do. Other than mm-hmm. like take your kids to mass and pray with them every now and then. like right, there right. are some requirements, right? But it's more like the parenting methods. That is probably the one thing that is pretty frowned upon especially in Christian circles or parenting circles that we do all the time. Like, you know, Fred, you mentioned earlier like how how did we do the transition of my wife going back to work and me I'm still working 40 50 hours a week? What do you think my kids were doing when I was in here working? Like I'm I'm you know, doing the Lord's work here. My wife's is doing the Lord's work there. And then in the evening time, we'll all hang out and stuff. But it's like I'm sitting in front of a screen and he's over there playing Fortnite. It's just like right. it's stuff like that, that it's like you have to do this or your kids will be dumb heathens who disrespect everyone. It's, it's just simply not true. Right. And then there's that judgment coming in from outside people. I know you said like that was your mistake was judging parents before you were a parent. But then sometimes yeah. you you do feel that even if it's just you know, indirect and that's not their intention. Like you're like, oh, I feel judged. <laughs> you made that point really well on the, the marriage episode. Anyone that hasn't, uh, don't go to bed angry. It was so anybody that hasn't heard that, I recommend you go back and listen to it, but you mentioned your faith and how dedicated your kids are. What role has your faith played in your relationship with your kids? And in being a father. Yeah, so it's it's been interesting because, like, you know, you talked about, like, little kids in mass and, like, obviously they're not, like, super paying attention, right? But right. our rule, like, in our family, and we've done it with um, – we have done it and completed it with our oldest, and we are literally in the midst of it right now with our middle child – is essentially when they start preparing for their first communion like that because they do preparation for about a year and then they receive the first communion like that's the moment where they have to like start putting away the things that we have let them aid them to get through mass right like Mm -hmm. cheerios and the coloring sheets and the uh you know whatever toys or whatever they brought right but with my son it uh you know we completed that with him he's gotten his first communion my daughter right now she's making that transition too of like Okay, let's like let's start paying attention. Let's start paying attention to the readings, and they they follow along in the book with us, and they kneel and they pray with us during the Eucharistic, um, you know, Eucharistic prayer and that sort of thing. So, I mean, we're still at the point where like our youngest is still just mm-hmm. hanging out as long as she's not bothering the people around us. We're fine, you know. Like that's kind of right. her rule. Like just don't ruin it for the people behind us, and it's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like my kids, like you know, we we pray together every night before they go to bed, and I think just uh, you know they're they're were blessed they're able to go to catholic school so they're just kind of surrounded by faith they're surrounded by people of faith which i i'm, I'm sure you know y'all working in in youth ministry for so long like that whole sticky faith idea right mm-hmm. um i've got y'all have heard that right where it's yep. like you know for years it was like okay uh you need five to eight people or uh, five to eight kids for every one adult you know for like a small group or a class or whatever and sticky faith is like if if a kid is going to remain catholic or remain a, a christian later on that the biggest thing is that they have kind of five people of faith in their life so five adults to every one kid and like we have a community like with our parish and with our you know friends and stuff where it's like it's they're not just seeing us practice our faith they're seeing our neighbors they're seeing our friends our like our our adult small group so they're just kind of like in like a catholic community which has been really good for them. Yeah, I think I uh, I definitely can relate to that. Like that's something that we try uh, to do the same thing with our kids, like talk about the faith with them often, pray with them often, like reference if, they're, if they have questions about something that's completely just worldly, like we try and bring it back to the faith um, to make that just a normal part of our family. And then yeah, like surrounding them with people who are also trying to be very faithful. And like even, you know, when we have grill outs or random, like random family dinner will invite like the local priest or a religious sister or something so they're seeing even the vocations like oh these are normal people i know right. my four my four-year-old probably is not like she's normal you know she just sees her as as a person as a, mm. a woman or as a man um but they you know growing up as she gets older and as my kids get older they'll make those connections like they're faithful and they're giving their life to god and they're also just like me you know they're they're very yeah. normal so we try and <laughs> feel- do the same thing 
I feel like you have to tell the from Jesus story because it's just so cute. I can tell the from Jesus. It's adorable. <laughs> so um, we were having a potluck with a bunch of young adults and we invited some some of our like priests over and some of the religious sisters and two of the religious sisters walked in and my daughter had never seen religious sisters in their habits and they walk in and they're wearing all white because it's summer and she just gets so excited and she just goes, oh, are you from Jesus? <laughs> and, and one of the sisters, she has like this megawatt smile. She just like lights up and she just goes we are from jesus (laughs) and i thought that was just so precious (laughs) yeah well you're right just yeah just immersing them in it taylor that's so that's so important you know even i'm I'm going back to what you said about screen time like if you are i think we watch a lot of movies and shows together and things like that but we also like talk about it and if there are ways to incorporate the faith into that we certainly do like how does how does Anna and Frozen look like Jesus? You know, that sort of, those kinds of discussions, you know. Long hair. Uh, yeah, long hair. <laughs> long hair. Yeah, but, and I think that's an important part. I'm also seeing it in what, Kara, what you were saying earlier about your dad, ways to incorporate the faith with yeah. with your kids. One thing I've done, and I didn't learn it from your dad, but it makes me feel like, oh, I'm a good dad because your dad did it, uh, <laughs> is like when he raises, you know, when, when he raises his voice or thinks he might've been too hard, I do apologize to my kids because I, I yeah. think it I think it's important for them to see that witness of how to seek forgiveness and how to give forgiveness. And I think that's a good lesson for them. Well, and and associate well. the like fatherhood with loving forgiveness because right. that's the father, you know. Yeah. Y- y'all are teaching them about like God's love, mercy, and forgiveness. <laughs> I am teaching my kids uh the important Catholic teaching of absolute truth. Um, I was always right. So yeah. no apology necessary. <laughs> I was right. Dad's yeah, so. always right. They're learning a different lesson, but you know, same, same, same. Taylor, if you could hop in your way back machine, what advice would Taylor now give to new new father Taylor back in your lost year in Ohio? Did new did 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 way back machine Taylor uh, was this advice solicited or unsolicited? <laughs> <laughs> Take your pick. Yeah, take your pick. <laughs> so if I was giving um, solicited advice, I'd probably just say, like, you're going to do great, man. It's going to be fine. If mm. I was giving unsolicited advice, it would probably be, what would I say? I, th- I think I'd probably say it- it's it's hard because, like, my, my primary thing is, like, to engage a little bit more early in mm-hmm. the ki- my kid's life. So, like, uh, the so for me – like my wife nurse so like the first nine months because of everything that was going on but then also because like my wife nurse so like i wasn't much help you know so like it took me about nine months to like actually fall in love with my son right Mm -hmm. everybody's like oh i love them at first sight i'm like it took me nine months and then with the Mm -hmm. second child similar situation like it wasn't as crazy but like still my wife's nursing like i don't have that same connection as like mom did right mom fell in love day one it took me nine months with the first kid six months with the second kid and three months with the third kid right so part of me wants to say like to engage try to engage a little bit more at the beginning with with the kid right but at the same time i think i would be pretty merciful with myself right because it's like yeah i know the situation that i was in and how difficult it was to engage because of everything that was going on. So I think right. ultimately I probably wouldn't give myself advice. I'd probably just pat myself on the head. I had hair back then. So there was um, yeah. some cushion <laughs> when I pat myself on the head. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know, man. I, th- I think because essentially the question is like, what do you want to say to a new father? And it's just like, I think just encouragement, right? Because yeah. right. Um, because like we, like we were saying, a lot of times it's that unsolicited advice that isn't helpful and I'll probably disagree with down the line. Right. So. Yeah. I think if I was to ask myself that question at the moment, I think what comes to mind is take a chill pill. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right. You know, don't, don't stress, just waste time with your kids and love them. Just waste time with them and love them. And I kind of hear that in what you're saying uh, throughout this, this segment is like for you being a good father, being a witness of Christ to your kids is just, loving them. And, you know, I've known you for more than 10 years now, and I see it in your social media. Like your kids have been drawn into the things you enjoy and your hobbies. And so I think that's a beautiful example of both those things of, you know, wasting time with your kids, but also being intentional about loving them, 
and bringing them into your life. Like some dads like to go fishing. They take their kids fishing. You like to play video games. Your kids come, they play video games. And so I think just like your point of it doesn't all have to be one way. I don't know. I think that's a good witness of just being very intentional and very incarnational, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and like the, the best thing that is happening that has happened in the last few months to a year in parenting was um so like you know like like you're saying like i enjoy video games and i've like my son i introduced him to a lot of like kids games when he was very young and like and then we play, right. so we started playing games together like you know pokemon mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. you know yoshi games whatever like but it's like it was games that i wasn't playing because i enjoyed them i was playing them because they nope. were at his I'm level sorry, right? and the the big like change mm -hmm. was like two months ago he got good enough at Fortnite where to where like i started enjoying play Fortnite with him not just because i was spending time with my son but it's like we mm -hmm. were doing something together pretty e equally right and like right. that was a huge like win of parenting because now we're both very passionate about this thing and very yeah. much enjoy doing it together so yeah yeah i can so relate to that it's, it's kind of been the same thing for me as pokemon cards was kind of a thing that we in legos we enjoyed as a family now it's become this whole thing where we just really love board games and i've seen how much my kids have learned from that, but also like how we've grown closer together as a family and how Christ is present in the midst of that. Just taking something that would seem to some people maybe a waste of time. No, it's actually, this is how we love each other. This is how we do the domestic church. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. And this is why Kara is the second best dad here. Me and Fred are yeah. ignoring our kids and Kara brought her <laughs> on to the podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that would be my advice to myself. Okay. It, 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 my, my future self would tell my, my now self, uh, I'm holding Aggie. So you're going to hear some, I love baby noises. They're so cute. You're going to hear some gurgles. Um, is to like, just enjoy the snuggles because I feel like I am a very like regular person. And so I'm like, okay, let's get them down for a nap and let's try and get them, you know, acclimated to what their schedule is going to be at daycare or whatever. And so I, I, with the first two, especially, I think I was like, so much that way that now looking back it's like man this is like the best phase like all they want to mm -hmm. do is just cuddle you and so right. i think that's my advice to to like my future self if i could go back you know it's just mm -hmm. just love them love the snuggles it's the best yes. part and that's the difference between a mom and a dad because that's the right. nurturing side all i want well, to snuggle <laughs> yeah i don't mind the the snuggles they do make me fall asleep would be the only thing so yes yes they're yeah. Great. yeah so i don't know if it has the same effect on moms but it does on me well, Taylor, I want to thank you again for, for joining us for this segment. If people want to learn more about you and Forte Catholic, how can they do that? Yeah, the, the biggest place would be, um, you know, to sub subscribe to our weekly podcast, Forte Catholic, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, and then we are doing a lot of stuff on YouTube now, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. Uh, we've got, you know, podcasts. We've got a new uh, 10, 10 week uh, Catholicism introduction lecture series. We've got uh, pop culture stuff, which we talked about enjoying a lot, a lot here. So um, yeah, those would be the two main ways of the podcast and over on YouTube. Awesome. Thanks again, Taylor. Thank you guys. <laughs>